Bibles today, we're going to be in the book of Matthew. We're actually going to be in a couple of different places today. And I want to, I want to start, uh, start the message today. And it's going to be the first of about three weeks where we're going to talk on this subject. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the collision of kingdoms. What happens when the message of the gospel, what happens when the kingdom of God confronts the kingdom of the world, our own agenda, uh, our, own, our, own, uh, our own desires? And today I want to continue in that. But I want to talk about it in terms, of, in terms of some other things that are happening just in the normal church calendar. And, you know, when we look at the calendar every, every year, we have, there's certain things that we can always mark. July 4th, we always have off. It's Independence Day. We're going to go see fireworks. We're going to eat too many hot dogs, all right? Uh, we know that Thanksgiving uh, comes, and that's another celebration day. That's the end, end of November. We know that Christmas comes end of December's. And those things, those, those, those moments on the calendar mark our celebrations. In, the, in, the, in Scripture, there are, there are different markings, there's different moments that, that our worship is centered, is centered around. And we are coming up on one of those. And next week is, is Pentecost. And you may say, Pastor, I have no idea what Pentecost is. That's okay. We're going to talk about it the next three weeks. And, and, uh, and in talking about it, I want us to be able to receive the message that God has for each one of us. See, when Jesus came, he didn't just come preaching a message of love and acceptance. He said the, the first sermon he preached was, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Basically meaning the message that I am going to preach and the words that I am going to say are going to require a response from you. So we as the listener and we as the, the one who receives that message have a choice to make. Jesus, when he, when he comes and when he preaches, he's drawing a line in the sand and he's saying, what I am saying is so important that you are going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a choice one way or the other. You're either going to be part of the kingdom of God or you're going to continue to live in your own kingdom. And living in the kingdom of God has, has a, a variety of different benefits. And in the same way that if you were a citizen of the United States, you had, there's, there's certain benefits and there's certain uh, privileges that come with being a citizen of the United States. So it is with the kingdom of God. And Jesus says when the kingdom of God comes, that he came to preach that message that the, there's, there's healing for your body, there's healing for your mind. There's freedom from what has been done to you. And there's freedom from what you've done to yourself. There's freedom from sin and all of the, uh, all of the effects of it. And as a result, as a result, the great news of that is that it is available right now. It's available right now. It's not available tomorrow. You don't have to put it on layaway. You don't have to make five payments of $29.95. <laughs> all right? It is available right now. The benefits of the kingdom of God are available right now. But we have to make the choice of whether or not we're going to be part of that kingdom or be part of our own. So as we come to, as we come to uh, the Pentecost, as we come to this celebration in, in, the, uh, in, in Jewish worship, in the Old Testament, if you have your Bible, you have an Old Testament and you have a New Testament. The New Testament fulfills the Old Testament. Everything that we read in the Old is, is a setup for what we see in the New Testament. And what that means is that Jesus, Scripture says, Jesus is the yes and the amen to all of the promises of God. 
He is the yes and the amen. So all of the promises and all of the, all of the, the, the promises that are made in the Old Testament are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The old completes the new. The old completes the new. So when we look in the Old Testament, we see that there's a series of feasts, there's a series of celebrations that God had for the Jewish people that Jesus fulfills in his coming. And I want to talk about two of them today. The first is Passover, and the second is Pentecost. There's Passover, and there's Pentecost. And Jesus fulfills them both. In Passover... If you are familiar with, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you're familiar with the children of Israel. The, the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. And the Lord sent a prophet Moses. We've all heard of Moses before. All right. He, he comes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no way, Jose. We didn't know that Pharaoh was Latino, but that's what he said. All right. He said, no way, Jose. And through a series of circumstances, there were plagues that, that came on, on Egypt, and the Lord set the Jewish people free from the slavery of Egypt. And the last, the last miracle that did that was Passover. Passover, as, 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 the, as, the, as the account would be told in Scripture, Passover, they took a lamb, and they took the blood of, the, of that lamb, and they put it over the doorposts of their home. And in putting over the, over the doorpost of the home, the plague of death missed them. It passed over them. That's why it's called Passover. And there was deliverance for them. That was a precursor. It was a prequel for what Jesus would do. Jesus, who is the Lamb of God. Jesus, who would die on the cross, whose blood would be shed for your sins and for mine. Because of that, the plague of death passes over us. And we have life eternal with Jesus. How many are thankful for the cross of Jesus Christ? Through the cross of Jesus Christ. That is, so we see that there's, there's Passover in the Old Testament, and it's fulfilled in Jesus at the cross. That's Good Friday and Easter. Every year, Passover and Easter are right around the same time because they are literally simultaneous in Scripture. Weeks later, about... Seven weeks later, the children of Israel are set free from Egypt and they are going through the desert and they come to Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, the Lord says, I did not just deliver you out of Egypt for you to wander in the desert. Listen, God doesn't just set us free from sin for us, for us to live a life that is undefined, uncalled, and, and useless. He calls us out of bondage. He calls us out of slavery on purpose for a purpose. It's said that the two most important days in a person's life are the day that they're born and the day that they find out why. Passover is the day that we were born. Easter is the day that we are born. Pentecost is the day that we find out why. In Pentecost in the Old Testament, they, uh, God brings the children of Israel to Mount Sinai, and at Mount Sinai, he gives them the, the word. He gives them, uh, he gives them the law. Moses, we've all seen the documentary with Charlton Heston, where he comes down with the tablets of stone from, from Mount Sinai, and uh, that was a joke with the Charlton Heston, in case you were wondering, like, Charlton Heston's in the Bible? I knew he was old. I didn't know he was that old. Anyway, um, he comes down and, and brings the word. That word, that law, in, the Jew, in Jewish culture, it's called the Torah. That, that, that word is, is what defines the people of God. It's the law that they were to live by. It's what set them apart. 
And Pentecost in Jewish culture is what, is what they remembered when the law was given to the children of Israel. But we see, as, as I said before, everything in the Old Testament we see in the New Testament. It's one, of the beauties, uh, it's one of the beautiful things about Scripture that Jesus fulfills everything that we read in the Old Testament. So not only was the, the nation of Israel founded on that day when the law came down and they were defined as a people, but I want you to turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. In the Old Testament, there was the Passover. They went into the desert. There's about seven weeks, about 50 days, Penta, 50, right there. And on Pentecost, the Jewish people celebrate that the word was given. But everything in the old is seen in the new. And in Acts chapter 2, let's read that together. On the day of Pentecost, this is the same celebration in the the Jewish uh, that the Jews would celebrate. Jesus was Jewish, so were all the disciples, so they were familiar with all this. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. It was a meeting kind of just like this. Except I'm told on good authority, the apostles were not as good looking as the preacher here. All right? Good authority. Good authority told, told me that. On the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring and mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone was uh, present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. See, Jesus had told his disciples after he had died and after he ascended to heaven, before he ascended to heaven, he said, listen, I need you to wait in Jerusalem to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. In the same way that the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt, delivered out of slavery, and brought to the mountain of God and received the word of the Lord. Jesus delivered us out of the slavery of sin at the cross. And he brought us to a place and says, I I told his disciples, wait here until not just that you receive the word of the Lord, but you receive the spirit of the Lord. Wait until there. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts 1.8. Receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In the same way in the Old Testament that there was the Passover and the people of God were defined by the word of God. Jesus comes and he sheds his blood for all of us and he brings us to a point where he says, I want you to not just receive my word, but I want you to receive the spirit. And in receiving the spirit, you, it will change everything about you. Remember, I, I had said in the same way that, that, Jesus, that, that God didn't just deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt so they could just wander as a nameless, faceless, undefined group of people. He, he brought them to a place and said, this is the standard and the word that you are to live by. In the same way, God not just gives us his word, but he gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit to help us know and define how we are to live our life how we're to live our life. Over the next three weeks, I want to talk about what happens when we allow the Holy Spirit, when we allow the kingdom of God to come and infect and and influence the whole of our life. It transforms everything. It transforms everything. It gives us the power 
to be the witnesses of God everywhere that we go. It gives us, it gives us this, pl- the, the, the word says that the spirit of God is the spirit of truth and he will guide us into all truth. And the Lord wants today in this season, in your life, for us to receive the Holy Spirit so that we can walk out the, the life that he has called us to live. How many would say amen to that? Amen. amen. Jesus talks about this in one, in one of the parables that he, that he says, and it's in Matthew chapter, chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. And it says this, Jesus uses this illustration. We're going to read through 35. Jesus uses this illustration. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is like yeast a woman used to make bread. Even though she, she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus used these stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables, and I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. The teachings of Jesus and the reason he uses parables is to, to inform us and to teach us the truth of God that he has hidden since the very beginning. You, uh, Landon, you can leave that scripture up. He's hidden from the very beginning. So the reality, of, the reality of Passover and the reality of Pentecost, there's the truth of the kingdom of God and the truth of, of who Jesus is hidden in those things. And I want to talk about I want to talk about bread here for a second. This is why I brought this nice bread here. That's pre-bread is what that is. Um, it's, it's, it's flour. And that's what this parable is about. It's a woman who takes three measures of flour. Three measures of flour. Now, three measures of flour is not one of these bags. It's actually eight of these bags. So this is a lot of flour that we're talking about. A lot of flour that we're talking about. And it's not complicated to make bread. You may not know this, but the most popular recipe on the, uh, on the New York Times website is a bread recipe. It has four ingredients. It has flour, has water, has yeast, and it has salt. That's it. That's it. That's all you need to make bread. It's why it's one of the, sta- it's one of the staples of, of, of the world. It's, it's something that all of us, unless you're gluten intolerant, which my apologies, we'll pray for you after service, it's one, it's one of the staples, staple foods of the, uh, uh, in the world. And in fact, in the Jewish culture, they would celebrate each of the feasts, both Passover and Pentecost, by baking bread. By baking bread. They would make, they, they would make bread. Why? I think there's a couple of reasons. And they would make it two different ways. At Passover, they would make unleavened bread, which is like a, like a cracker. When we receive communion, when we receive communion, it's unleavened bread. It's that matzah that cracker. There's no yeast in that bread. But at Pentecost, one of the things that they, uh, in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 17, talks about when you celebrate Pentecost, you make leavened bread, bread with yeast in it. And we'll talk about why in a second. And you come and you wave it before the Lord. You wave it before the Lord and you worship the Lord with what you've produced with uh, the bread that you've made. Why would bread be at present at both of those celebrations? I think there's, I think there's a reason. Number one is if you can think back to 2,000, 5,000 years ago, how hard it would be to get uh, 
this much flour, let alone eight times this amount. That would represent a year's worth of work. Think about that, you'd, you'd plant the wheat, you'd watch it grow, you're tending to it, then it comes time and you harvest it, and then you harvest it and you get all the little, you know, this big long thing, a big tall thing, and then you get just like a little like popcorn sized thing of, you gather them all together and you grind it all up, and then you sift it all out, and then you make your bread. I mean, it would be weeks worth of work, months worth of work to just get a loaf of bread. It would represent the whole of a family's work. Be all, all, of, all of what the husband would do, it would be all what the, the kids would do, it would be all what the, everyone in the family would be involved in making this, this bread. It would, be, it would be the product of the household, growing that flour and sifting it all together. And the Lord says, when you bring that to me, not only are, are you worshiping the Lord with presenting that before me, but I want to, in this parable that he says, the kingdom of God is like a woman who brings all of the flour that she would have, three measures, eight, eight times. I'm venture to say none of us have eight bags of flour, 40 pounds of flour in our house. Maybe you do. You know, congratulations if you do. That would represent the whole, the whole of this family's, the kingdom of God is like a little bit of yeast. And to, to, uh, yeast, to, to, to make bread for that, it would be a tablespoon. It would be a spoonful of yeast. It would be hardly anything. A little bit of the kingdom in all of what you bring to God. Not only will I transform it, but it will be better than what you could ever have imagined. That's what the kingdom of God is like. And the invitation of Jesus is to come and say, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm asking you to bring everything of who you are to me. And in bringing everything of who you are to me, I'm just a little bit of the kingdom of God. And it's not that it's a little bit of the kingdom, it's just a little bit of the kingdom changes everything. A little bit of the kingdom changes everything. Like a little bit of light in a dark room now illuminates the whole room. A little bit of the kingdom transforms the whole of our life. And this bread, this flour, represents the whole of our life. Today, the Lord wants you to bring everything of who you are to him. And in bringing everything of who you are to him, the kingdom will define how we live and how we breathe, how we think and how we process the world around us. And you may say, Pastor, I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready, I'm not ready to bring everything of who I am to the Lord because I'm not sure what's going to happen. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Where we were once bound by sin, where we were once slaves to sin, the Lord is setting us free. And he doesn't just set us free, but the, by his word and by his spirit, he defines us as the people of God. And when we are defined as the people of God, when we are defined as the people of God, it transforms everything in our life. In fact, when Jesus gives this, when Jesus gives this parable of this woman who brings three measures of flour to the Lord uh, and, and the kingdom of God, there's multiple times in scripture where people would bring that amount of flour to, to the Lord. And, and I want to talk about a couple of those stories because I think they help inform us about how we, can, how we can apply the kingdom of God to our lives. So let's review where we're at right now. Every year, the Lord, every year we remember two things. We remember that the Lord at Easter, Passover, whatever you, that through the blood of Jesus Christ, sin has now passed by. 
We are no longer bound by sin. We are no longer bound by the curse of sin. We are free in Jesus' name. We are free because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. But not only are we set free, but he brings us to a place of encounter with him. And in that encounter, we an encounter with the kingdom of God. He brings his word and he brings his spirit. And the word of God and the spirit of God define the people of God. And in that definition, when we take that word and we take that spirit into our lives, it transforms everything, like adding yeast to a bunch of flour. There's three, passage, there's, there's three people that I want to talk about briefly who they brought their flour to the Lord and said, Lord, would you put your kingdom inside? And both all, all, in the, all in the Old Testament. The first is, is Sarah. Sarah was Abraham's wife. Sarah and Abraham were old. And when I say they're old, they're very old and they had no children, but they had been promised children from God. And, the, and Abraham has an encounter with the Lord. And in that encounter, he tells his wife, go get three measures of flour and make, a, and, and make bread and bring it to us that we would, they, we would eat and that we would partake. Sarah was obedient in doing that, but at the same time, when she heard the promise that was made to Abraham by God, saying that, hey, this time next year, you're going to have a kid, Sarah, Sarah, uh, Sarah laughs. Sarah laughs, and she laughs because it's impossible. It's, it's impossible to her. And verse 9 of, of Genesis chapter 18 says, where is Sarah, your wife? She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one, of the, then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to a conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah, both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children, so she laughed silently, silently to herself, saying, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is so old? Abraham, straight under the bus, all right? <laughs> Sarah had already brought the flower, the, 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 her gift, the work of her own hands to the Lord. And in that, there was a promise that the Lord gave her saying, I am going to fulfill promises to you that you thought were dead, that you think are impossible. And Sarah, in her own life, said, this is impossible. Listen, to you today, you may, you may look at the reality of your life and say, for whatever reason, whether it's you're too old, you're too far gone, whatever it is, whatever place of doubt that there is, you may say, I don't think God could do in me what the dreams I used to think were. For whatever reason. And you may say, you may look at, you may hear a, a, a message like this saying, God wants to transform everything. It's like, yeah, God can transform some things, but he can't transform everything. And if there's a laughing in your own soul. And the Lord says, no, when the kingdom comes to what you have to bring, the kingdom, the word and the spirit transform everything. And the Lord wants to do a miracle in you. And he's not afraid of your own doubt. He's not afraid of the own laughing, laughing in your heart where you say, I, I don't know if God could be so good to me in this season of my life. The answer is God is good. And he wants to be good to you. He wants to be good to you. And what, it's, what was required of us is to come and to bring what we have to the Lord. And in bringing what we have to the Lord, he says, I'm going to put my kingdom in there. 
I'm going to put my word, I'm going to put my spirit, and it's going to change everything like yeast and flour. And the Lord wants to say to you today, he's not afraid of the doubt. He's not afraid of the past. He's not afraid of whatever you think is disqualifying. He has a plan and he has a purpose for you. And if you, if you wait and if you believe, even in the midst of doubt, you will see a miracle unfold. How many would say, I can receive that today? Amen? Sarah wasn't the only person that brought her three measures of flour. There's another story. There's a story of Gideon. And Gideon, it was, it was, a, it was a tough time, a tough time in Israel, and, and Gideon was taking, he was, doing, he was doing the work of getting all of the, all of the flour together. And in fact, he was, he was preparing the flour in the middle of a wine press. And the reason he was doing that is because he was hiding. He was hiding from the invading army. He didn't want to be found. He didn't want what he had stolen. And he was worried about that. He was worried about that. And so he's hiding, and he has an encounter with the Lord. He has an encounter with the Lord. As he is, as he is being a strong and courageous man, uh, hiding from his enemies. Angel of the Lord, this is in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared at him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero who is hiding, doing, the, doing household work, hoping no one steals his food. Mighty hero. That, if you look up mighty hero in the dictionary, uh, Gideon's picture's not there, in case you were wondering. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? Have you ever had a moment with the Lord where your question with God is, God, I've seen you answer other people's prayers, but you've never answered mine. Where are you? You're coming saying I'm a mighty hero. That's great. But I haven't seen a mighty God in a little while. That's essentially what Gideon is saying right now. If we're honest with ourselves, we've all had those questions with the Lord. And in the middle of Gideon's questioning of God, God calls him out. He calls him out and he sees a mighty man of God because God sees, God sees from beginning to end. We see from right where we're at. God knows the potential and the call that Gideon has over his life. Gideon isn't even aware of it. Gideon's hiding basically in a garage so no one steals his food. The Lord knows that there is a deliverer in Israel. There's a, there's a judge and a man of God who has not stood up into his full potential yet, but it's coming. And he's calling him out in the middle of his own shame, in the middle of his own fear, in the middle of his own doubt. You may be here today and you say, Pastor, all these things are wonderful thoughts, but I've never seen what you're talking about. And the Lord says today, if that's you, that there is a call that God has on your life and on your situation, that if you allow the kingdom of God to come into the middle of that, the middle of the fear, the middle of the doubt, the middle of your circumstances, as bad as they look, and they looked bad for Gideon. It would be, could you imagine? Could you imagine being fully overrun by an invading army? That was what Gideon was living through right now. People, they're stealing the crops. They're, 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 they're gathering the food and it's being stolen away right from underneath them. And you may feel like your whole life, everything that you've ever produced with your hands, everything that you've ever worked for has been stolen over and over and over again. 
And there's frustration and there's anger about that. You can't, get a, you can't seem to get ahead because every time you even make one step in the right direction, it's stolen out from you again. And the Lord meets Gideon in the middle of that situation. And he calls him out. He calls him out. Today, the Lord would want to speak to each one of us. If you feel like there's places where the adversary has stolen from you over and over and over again. The Lord tells Gideon, I'm going to do a miracle through you. I'm going to do a miracle through you. What is Gideon's response? Gideon's response was to bring, was to bring three measures of flour and offer it, offer it to the Lord as an offering. Made bread, offered it unto the Lord. And the Lord takes, as we look at that flour that, that he was working on right there, the product of our own hand. He says, if I can put the kingdom in what you can produce with your hands, it changes everything. Changes everything. Worship team, come on up. Today, the application of this, of this message is this. Is that the Lord sees you exactly where you're at. The Lord sees you. He sees you in the middle of your questions. He sees you in the middle of the doubts. He sees you in the middle of the hardship. He sees you in the middle of, of everything. And in his goodness and in his mercy to you, he calls us out. He saw, he saw Israel as slaves in Egypt, and he called them out, and he defined them by his word. He saw us as slaves to sin, and he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. And he sent his Holy Spirit so that he could define his people by his presence by his word and by his spirit. And when that is planted within our hearts, when it's planted in what we can bring to the Lord, what we can produce with our own hands, he transforms it. He transforms it into something that's beautiful. He changes it all from beginning to end. It's like the kingdom of God is like a woman who brings eight of these bags. And with a little bit of yeast, it changes everything. The last, the last story in the Old Testament that talk about a woman, it, it talks about a woman bringing three measures of flour to the Lord. And it's the story of Hannah. With, with Sarah and with, with Gideon, there was this place where they hadn't seen the fulfillment of what God wanted to do. Hannah, uh, uh, Sarah hadn't seen the miracle take place. She didn't even believe it was possible. Gideon, him stepping up into the call that God had for him was the miracle that, was ne that needed to happen. And he needed, God saw his potential even though he didn't see it himself. God brought in his, his, his word and that, that word in that moment transformed their lives. And God's goodness and his fulfillment of his word will transform yours as well. Hannah... Hannah had received a word. She was at church. She was in the, the temple. And the, she was praying so fervently that the priest, Eli, at the time, thought she was drunk. She was, she was just in anguish. Why? Because she, she did not have a son. And she prayed that day. And the Lord answered her prayer. And in answering her prayer, she said, I'm going to give my son to serve in the temple all the days of his life. And when she brought her son into the temple to serve there after he was uh, of age, 
she brought her, her gift of offering to the Lord as well, her, her three measures of flour. Why? She brought everything, because out of a place of thankfulness, out of a place of gratefulness unto the Lord, she brought her offering to the Lord. The application for us today is this. I don't know if you've seen God's faithfulness like Hannah, and you would say, Lord, here's my life. Continue to do amazing things. Or if you're like Sarah and you would say, I have not seen the answer to my prayers yet, but Lord, even in the midst of my doubt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe that you can do a miracle. Or if you're like Gideon, you say, God, I'm, I'm angry at you. I've believed before and I haven't seen the answer yet. And the Lord would say to you, I'm gonna give you my word, I'm gonna give you my spirit. And I'm gonna put that in the middle of everything that you have. And as you receive that, it will transform everything. Transform your life. And in your life being transformed, it's gonna transform the situation that you're walking through. The message of Pentecost, the message of us receiving the Holy Spirit is as we receive his spirit, it transforms everything in our life. Listen, it doesn't happen overnight. In the same way that if you add yeast to a bowl of flour, that yeast doesn't work instantaneously. And you saw that in the testimony that Pastor Javier gave. He said, little by little, over time, his life began to be changed by the work of the Spirit. Listen, there's those of us in this room that have seen instantaneous freedom and instantaneous works of God. Praise God. There's also many of us in this room who the testimony of our faith is that we've walked with the Lord and over time, as we have been faithful to walk with him, he's transformed our life. How many would say, that's my testimony? That's my testimony. There's lots of us. Wherever you're at, whether you are like Hannah and you've, re you've received a miracle and you say, I'm coming, Lord, to worship you with everything I, th that I am. Lord wants to give, deposit the kingdom in our, in our hearts. And in receiving that, change everything. You may be on the other side and say, I've never seen a miracle like that before. The Lord sa says today, receive of my spirit because I want to transform everything. You may say, you may say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I haven't seen it yet. And the Lord says, I want to meet you in the middle of your frustration. I want to meet you in the middle of your questions. And I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Today, Today's message is a message of faith, of saying, I'm gonna take a step of faith. I'm gonna allow the kingdom of God to define me as a believer. I'm gonna take the work of my hands, everything that I can hold, and I'm gonna allow the kingdom to come and change everything. How many would say, I want the Lord to change everything of who I am? If that's you, I'm just gonna ask that you would just lift your hand to the Lord, uh, hands to the Lord right now. Lord, in the same way that that parable that Jesus spoke, said that the kingdom of God is like a woman who brings her flower to the Lord. And as the kingdom comes like leaven, like yeast, it transforms everything. Lord, today, we're sitting here in your presence. Each one of us has our own lives, their own things that we've, we've, we've worked before the Lord. And Lord, we're asking, Lord, that your word and your spirit would be deposited within our heart. And Lord, in that, in that deposit, Lord, that there be transformation that takes place. And Lord, I recognize that transformation can't happen 
unless we receive. So Lord, today we receive of your spirit. We receive of all that you have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. At the end of, ser- at the end of service, I'm going to invite our, our, our prayer team up. And I want to invite you to come up and pray for two reasons. One, if you looked up at me a couple of minutes ago at the start of the message and opened up your heart to the love of Jesus Christ, we want to pray with you. We want to help connect you and help you take those next steps in your walk with Jesus Christ. The second, the second thing is this. If you would say, Pastor, there's areas in my life where I need to bring, that I need to bring to the Lord so that he can transform by the Spirit of God. We want to pray with you as well. We want to pray that you would receive the Holy Spirit. And so, and in that receiving, there's a transformation that takes place. So we're gonna, we're gonna, in a couple minutes, if that's you, we want to invite you to come, come and pray. Ushers, if you would come forward, we're gonna worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings today. You know, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to come before the Lord and worship him in that way. It's really, as we talked about in the message, when the priests would come and they would wave the, the bread before the Lord. That is really us coming and offering the work of our hands. That's what, that's what our tithes and offerings are, is offering the work of our hands as worship unto the Lord. How many know that we come and we worship the Lord, body, soul, mind, and spirit, holistically, everything that we are. And in, in that honoring him in that way, there's, there's, a, there's a blessing that comes. And so Lord, as we come and worship with our tithes and offerings today, Lord, we thank you for putting those gifts and those resources within our hand and we worship you with them in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. The ushers are gonna walk the buckets uh, through the room. You can also give online at gracesanmarcos.net. Uh, or text instructions are on, this, uh, are on the screen. If it's your first time here today, uh, there's a communication card in the seat pocket in front of you. We'd love for you to fill that out and let us know that you're here. As we uh, receive the offering, would you just check out what's happening this week here at Grace? Bible School, our VBS. It's happening June 19th through the 23rd, and we would love to have your kids join us. It's a great time to have fun and learn about God's Word. Now, if you would like a discount for your Vacation Bible School for your your child or your grandchild, we'd love to have you volunteer. Our meeting is Saturday, June the 3rd from 5 to 7. This Sunday, right after service, we are having our lunch with the pastors and you're invited. We'd love to have you join us. It's a great way to meet our pastoral team, our staff, and also to see where you fit here at Grace. What if I told you of a hidden secret virtue that in essence is the key to all of life? It unlocks the purpose of your existence. It attracts the provision, the presence, and the protection of our creator. It's the root of all noble character and the foundation of all true happiness. You'd say, come on, John, that doesn't exist. I assure you it does, and it has changed my life and the lives of countless others forever. I wanna share it with you in a brand new study called The Awe of God. It's six lessons, you can do it alone with me, or you can invite a group of friends, but I assure you, at the end of this study, your life will be changed forever. Every 
Wednesday at 6 a.m. is a time of prayer. We invite you to come. If you want to grow in your in your prayer life and intercession for our city and our church, this is the group for you. We'd love to have you join us every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Yes, 6 a.m. All right, let's stand together. If you're here for the first time, if you'd say, Pastor, I'd love to get connected here at the church, right after service, right up those stairs, to my right, your left, uh, is our lunch with the pastor. You may say, Pastor, that sounds wonderful. I'm hungry right now. That's why we're having lunch. So if you're here, new to the church, uh, if you're even not so new, but you would love to just connect, right that way. Uh, Would our prayer team come down front as as we leave today? I want to invite you to, if you open up your heart to the love of Jesus Christ, we have, we, have a, we have a book that we would like to give you that will help get you started on your, walk with, uh, on your walk with God. We want to partner with you. Also, also to, uh, one, other, one other announcement. We have, a new, uh, we have a new home group that is starting this Thursday night. George, if you would just raise your hand. Wave it up in the air. Wave it around like you just don't care. And uh, if you would be interested in uh, attending a home fellowship, help... Partner with other people in, in, in growing in your walk with the Lord. Uh, George and Mary, they're, they're starting their group. They would love to connect with you. And so as we leave, let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your, your word today. Lord, thank you that we can receive your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that you are good and your mercy endures forever. And Lord, we are recipients of your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. God bless you. We'll see you up at lunch with the pastor. And have a great, have a great Sunday.